1: show 97.5 1280 the zone Gordon Monson Jake Scott thank you very much for making us a part of your day we're hoping to see Gordon today we're expecting to see Gordon today we hope to see Gordon today so uh anyway we uh we appreciate you out there listening for making us a part of your Thursday we greatly appreciate it we're going to talk to Jay Drew coming up here momentarily Jay, of course, uh, covers the BYU Cougars for the Salt Lake Tribune. He's got a a number of pieces up at sltrib.com right now, talking about uh, things going on out there in the BYU universe. In fact, let's jump on out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now of the Salt Lake Tribune, he is Jay Drew. Hi, Jay. Thank you for a few minutes. How's your summer going, man?
2: Uh, It's been uh, kind of nice. Not a lot of uh, news. Uh so it's been been pretty relaxing so far but the minute i say that you know something will happen so <laughs> um but it's been good
1: now my my memory is is not terrific but i seem to remember when you were filling in on uh dj and pk did you mention you were going to the us open at pebble
2: yeah yeah i got to how, go to the how was that us open oh it was it was fantastic just a great venue and um, you know there was a a good finish was not a runaway guy, you know, Gary Woodland won, but there was some good storylines and uh folks was in the in the hunt, so yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's pretty
1: sweet. All right, well, let's, let's talk a little BYU. Uh, you've got a, uh, I was just mentioning you've got a number of different stories up. Sltrib.com would encourage people to get on there and, and check it out. But let's start with the news about the AAC. UConn became official today. They're leaving, and they uh, possibly have a football spot available, or they could stay at, uh, at 11 teams. Give us kind of your read on this situation, and how much mutual interest do you think there would be with BYU and the AAC?
2: Yeah, that's, that's kind of tricky. I think there's interest. Uh, I've talked to Mike Oresco, the AAC commissioner, a couple times throughout the years, and he's always spoken favorably of BYU and uh, kind of recognized that they have a national following, that they bring value to a conference. So um, I there's some interesting com- uh, comments out there, one from Navy's athletic director, uh, basically saying that he doesn't think there's a school that can add value that he thinks it should stay at 11. So, uh, you know, maybe I don't know if the general membership of the AAC feels that same way. My guess would be that the the Texas schools, Houston, SMU, and and uh, and then Oklahoma school, Tulsa, would probably uh, maybe be more in favor of adding a, a team like BYU. Uh, for football. But yeah, uh, as far as BYU's end, um, I don't really get the feeling from them that they're going to be that interested. I may be wrong, but um, everything that Tom Homo has said in the past, mostly regarding joining the Mountain West, but you could extrapolate that to the uh, to the AAC, is that no, that they wouldn't be that interested in doing that, especially with the deal they have that they're working on with ESPN. The that they've had it expires at the end of this year, obviously, and and they're hoping to renew that. So, I I kind of don't think there's really on either side this real uh, this real pursuit of of that happening. So that's just my take, but who knows.
1: So, Brett McMurphy came on our station yesterday. Uh, of course, Brett does a great job covering college football, and he said he thought that BYU could make more money uh, in the AAC with their new TV deal than they could or than they were making independent. And I realize uh, you just noted that they're still negotiating that new contract, so this is really an impossible question to to answer. But uh, would you agree with that that BYU could possibly make more in the AAC?
2: No, I, and I've actually talked to Brett about this, and we, we just disagree on it. His sources tell him that, uh, you know, that BYU is making a certain amount of money from ESPN, and my sources have always maintained that it's higher than that. Um, it, the, the number I put out there right when that deal was signed in 2010 was $8 million a year. Well, I actually reported 8 to $12 million a year and uh... but probably closer to eight million and, and brett has always maintained that it's that it's uh, less than a million dollars a game which would be five games basically five home football games byu tv gets the sixth so um... so i i would disagree with brett i guess i i think that byu and of course that deal was hammered out you know nine years ago um... in 2010 so i you know general market would dictate that you would think that b y u would be able to get more this time around so yeah i i i don't i don't buy that i think that uh that b y u would be able to make more uh staying independent there are totally a lot of other reasons to go join the a a c but a financial one i don't think would would be would be legitimate.
1: Do you, uh, do you think that the powers that be, uh, Jay, and this is totally subjective, uh, do you think the powers that be down at BYU like being independent or would prefer to be in a conference even if that's a G5?
2: I think they would prefer right, how they have it right now, okay. being independent, having all kinds of scheduling freedom, and uh, if, if the ESPN deal comes through, and then the powers that be love, and I'm talking above the athletic department, I'm mm-hmm. talking the board of trustees and the administration, love being in the West Coast Conference. They're like-minded schools. They have felt like they've got a really nice relationship with those, both schools, that the welcome has been great. Uh, the WCC has bent over backwards with the, mountain, with the uh, conference tournaments. Uh, avoiding Sunday play, they literally go dark on Sunday, and they have all those teams in Vegas, and they just, you know, literally do nothing on Sunday. That's a major accommodation to BYU, and it's very appreciated by BYU's administration. So, so to answer your question, I, I think the higher ups at BYU like where they are right now. I that's the sense I get from them. Jay
1: Drew is with us from the Salt Lake Tribune here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Switching gears a little bit, Jay, it's the first time I've had a chance to catch up with you on this show since uh, BYU Media Day. Uh, any big-time headlines stand out to you? What was kind of your overall takeaway from the many conversations you had?
2: Um, I guess the biggest thing would be um, that there's this general sense that let's, kind of tone down the talk and the rhetoric and just show what we can do on the field. I know there was a lot of talk because Utah is the opener and the need to beat Utah and all that, but, but there wasn't this, at least in my perception, this uh, a lot of bragging, a lot of boasting. I think it was more this that Kalani has kind of instilled in the guy's that hey, let's let's get it done on the field first, and then and then maybe we can talk. I, there's, I would maybe call it a more of a quiet confidence. Um, you know, I, I know there are a few things said about hey, we're gonna you know we're gonna surprise Utah and all that, but but generally overall, I think it was more of a a kind of an understated um, kind of confidence. Unlike where, you know, maybe when Bronco was around where they flat out were saying, hey, our goal is, you know, quest for perfection and that sort of thing. So that, that's my takeaway.
1: Kalani, Jace, uh, has said many times that he wants competition at every single position, including the quarterback position. And, uh, you know, if if you rewind last year at Media Day, he kind of admitted that he thought it was a mistake not to have more competition for Tanner Mangum at the quarterback position. And now you've got Zach Wilson, who certainly with his performance last year um, you know is is QB1 I think in everybody's mind but he still says he wants to keep up uh, keep that competition open how much of a competition do you think it will actually be
2: uh, not much no. I, I don't I, I think you know and, and I'm just getting this from Aaron Roderick Moore and Jeff Grimes I mean Zach Wilson's their guy they've invested a ton of film work with him and Obviously, you know, unless that shoulder doesn't heal 100 percent, you know, barring it, some sort of setback with his health, I, you know, I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. I think they'll look for ways to get Jaron Hall on the field. Uh, Kalani said they won't. He's not a Wildcat quarterback, that he's a true quarterback. And But I do think they will look for some because he's a fantastic athlete and I uh, and I think uh, he deserves some playing time somewhere, um, be it you know, uh, you know maybe in a kind of a split end role or some other H back or something like that. But yeah, I, I totally think Zach Wilson's the guy, and and I and I really, from talking to the guys that actually call the plays and design the plays, I think that's how they feel as well.
1: And I know you wrote the other day about the receiving position uh, being a, a little bit short uh because of the uh, Neil powu situation. I know you wrote about that the other day. So with that in mind, is he going to have the weapons that he needs?
2: That's a big, that's a good question. And one that I, some guys are just going to have to step up. Guys that are, haven't really done it in the past. Like Amica Simon who only had what, 13 catches last year Um Aleva Hefo and Talon Shumway are fairly proven. Uh so I think they're they're okay there. You know, if, if a another guy goes down, they could be in trouble. Like Gunnar Romney, you know, he's still unproven in my book. He was and, and especially health wise with all the injuries he had last year, he really didn't have the breakout year yet. So um but yeah, I don't see a lot of uh, game breakers. I Tried to endorse the idea of maybe getting a JUCO guy or a grad transfer guy uh, at receiver, and they they just they didn't do it. Um, they've got some freshmen coming in, but you know who knows how they'll how they'll do in Division one football. So yeah, I I think it's a I think it's something to worry about if you're a BYU fan. Is that they they just don't have a lot of depth at receiver and Neil Pau, uh, you know. Uh, getting in trouble is certainly not not good.
1: How are they feeling about the running back position with those grad transfers? Do they feel a little bit more solid
2: there? Yeah, I think they really feel really good about the guys they got there: uh, Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Isuk- Isukpa. and uh, and then with all coupled with the guys they got coming back, like you know Lupini um, and. Uh, and tighter Algier, a walk-on, who they really like. So, and then Kavika Fanua, supposedly been injured a lot of his career, should be finally healthy. So, yeah, they they feel really good about the running backs position, uh, especially with the addition of these two graduate transfers.
1: Notre Dame's athletic director the other day, Jay, acknowledged that uh, the he intends or Notre Dame intends to play BYU again, and based on their kind of three game deal, I think they still owe the Cougs a game. What's the likelihood that that game's played in Provo as opposed to Vegas?
2: Man, I would say ninety percent likely that it's in Vegas. From just, uh, I think you know, if if Notre Dame really wanted to. To return that game in Provo I think it would have been done uh I think BYU really wants to play him and so this is kind of a compromise um I think I think they're going to try to make a splash when the Raiders stadium opens down in in Las Vegas and, and maybe be the first column college football game played there um that would be my guess is what they're what they're maybe gunning for um Although it sounds like Notre Dame doesn't have a lot of openings. They might have to uh, do some move around some things to play that game you know, in, say, 2021. But that, that would be my guess.
1: Jay Drew with us, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Uh, Jay, Kalani's contract has been a big topic on sports radio. BYU confirmed that he's got another year after this year. Yeah, are we making too big a deal out of this, or is it a big deal that he hasn't received an extension?
2: Personally, I think it's a big deal, and I think it's uh, going to start affecting recruiting. Um, BYU does things differently. Tom Homo said that several times. You know, he's kind of hinted that when they waited on Bronco till he was going into the final year before they uh, did an extension. But if you look at around the country, other coaches, most of them, if they're going to be extended, it happens when they have two years left. As They're going in their, to their second to the last year, and I think Kalani has that expectation that they should treat him the same way, and uh, that they, um, so there's kind of a, maybe a disagreement there on when the timing of this should take place, but, but personally, I think that BYU's making a mistake, and I think it could help hurt them in recruiting. I think Kalani has done enough who deserve at least one more year tacked on to his deal, and uh, and so that's kind of where I stand on it.
1: One last thing before we let you go, Jay. If you had to room with somebody on the road, who would you
2: pick, PK or Gordon? <laughs> oh my gosh, um, Gordon and I. I don't know if he's told this on the air. Uh, we were in New Orleans. It was uh, when Jimmer was around the Sweet Sixteen, and and. Uh, The snoring was just, I could not (laughs) sleep. And then that morning I told him, I go, man, I couldn't sleep. He said, no, I couldn't sleep. It was your snoring. So... uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and say PK, would, all right. at least for me. All right. That makes a lot
1: of sense. See, very practical thinking there from Jay, right, Austin? That's the right answer. It is probably the right answer as well. <laughs> uh, Jay, you are the best. Uh, you just uh, kill it with all the news down there at BYU, and we just appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing a little wisdom with us, man.
2: Okay. Thanks for thinking of me, Jay. Yeah, That's you bet.
1: Day. Thanks, Jay. You too. Jay Drew, Salt Lake Tribune, covers BYU. He's uh, been on that beat for a long time uh, and has done uh, an absolute uh, great job. Interesting 90%. He thinks that that uh, Notre Dame-BYU game will be uh, likely down in Vegas, um, which is a bummer because he'd love to see BYU come uh, back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The last time they were there, I believe. Notre Dame. What'd I say? BYU
0: will come back to LaVa Edwards. Oh thing, yeah, but okay. You, you mean, <laughs> yeah, because it'd be nice if they'd play their home games at home. Right.
1: Yeah. That. Uh, thank you, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. No, Notre Dame would come back to. We knew what you meant. BYU and play. I believe the last time that they played at uh, Cougar Stadium was when Gary Croton was coaching, and uh, I, I think John Beck was on that team, and Todd Watkins and Matt Barry. I think uh, got
0: some time in that game. Wasn't Ben Olsen? Part of that thing? Was Ben Olson. part Didn't of that? Didn't play. I don't know. It was 04. It was. 0-4 because I was in the MTC. We could hear it, but they wouldn't let us go watch it. So that was torturous.
1: I was at that game. Were you? I was. And uh, you're right about 04, because they did a celebration for the 20th anniversary of the uh, 1984 football team. Ah. So, and, uh, and BYU won. They, they won that game. That was a good win. I think Ty Willingham was the coach at, at Notre Dame. During that, during his brief stint there as head coach of the brother Fighting of Irish. Kyle, I believe. Well, that's Whittingham. Oh,
0: Willingham. Oh, That's right. Yeah. Coach Lou mixes me up on those all the time.
1: Uh, coach Lou does struggle with. Uh, he does struggle with those. That is true.
0: Gordon wouldn't snore anymore thanks to our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. That is correct. So uh, Jay might actually uh, rethink that because. If Gordon didn't have the snoring, he'd be my pick. And now that he's got the the device from Sound Sleep, it's all right. Yeah,
1: yeah, he'd be okay.
0: Wasn't it Gordon who was telling us that
1: he he kind of doubted that he was a snorer, <laughs> yes. but that Lisa told him like maybe you should check out Sound Sleep. And Gordon's like, I don't know if I. And then we hear from Jay that he's just son logs, lumberjack monster. And this was like fifteen years not fifteen years ago. This is more like ten years ago. Uh, so it's good. I, it's good Gordon got in touch with the good Chainsaw
0: monster. They're
1: at sound sleep.
0: <laughs>
1: how funny is that that they both woke up the next morning and accused each other?
0: <laughs> like, like, what are you
1: talking about? I was up all night listening to you snore. And Jay's like, I don't know how that would be possible because I didn't sleep at all because
0: you were snoring. It's like the guy that farts in the elevator and blames everyone else. Right. No, it wasn't me. It's was you. Are you kidding? Hmm. So there you go. Uh, Big thanks to Jay
1: Drew for jumping on. Jay uh, Jay is the man. Check out his work, sltrib.com. All right, we'll get to uh, more NBA coming up right around the corner. The Jazz have announced the uh, players that are going to be invited to minicamp and be on the summer league team. We'll give you that coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. It is The Big
0: Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. From NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com, it's Kurt Eland. If the Jazz essentially stay put and put just role players in, and Derek Favors is on this team next year, because you always talk about it's tough to go from good to great. How closer to great do they get with this team right now?
2: I think that this team becomes a legitimate threat to come out of the West. I mean, again, I want to see what happens with the Lakers and the Clippers and, like, who's sitting in what chair when the music stops is obviously going to have an impact on that. But I think that they're absolutely in the mix. Even if not the favorites, you have to consider them a real possibility because i think mike conley is both that good and that good a fit so i think that utah made that leap with this move but we'll see
0: catch Hands and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network